you know, that's like a, something to constantly work on uh, about forgiving myself and kind of uh, listen again, listening to myself instead of like listening or holding too hard to an ideal, you know, or a, a concept, you know, even though it was created by myself, like I should be able to allow myself um, the latitude to have that change. And that's okay because it's what I needed in that moment. The episode you're listening to on the Men of the Hour is brought to you by Alice Mushrooms. All right, here's the thing about mushrooms I've learned over the past couple of days, if not the past couple of years, is that the right ones like lion's mane, reishi, cordyceps, I mean, there's so many ones out there that they're starting to infuse into things like gummies and powders and potions and things of that sort. But this particular company is starting to take mushrooms into the chocolate world, and it is so fun to watch these amazing founders do just that. I do know one thing for sure about the mushroom space is that if you start taking them in the right ways at the right time, they can be really beneficial for you. When it comes to brain and sleep health, I know that's something we're always thinking about, which is why I wanted to introduce you guys to Alice Mushrooms today. Alice Mushrooms was born out of a desire to give people what neither a pharmaceutical industry nor supplements have provided, and that's safe, effective consumables that pair long-term benefits with immediate boosts of cognitive functioning. Their decadent chocolate treats combine the best organic fruiting body mushrooms with the best nootropics and adaptogens. This union pairs long-term benefits of mushrooms with the immediate effects of the nootropics and keeps you on your journey into the delights of fungi. And the result, of course, an indulgent daily routine that's good for you and only gets better with time. I want you all to try these chocolates so bad and let me know what you think about it. Whether you snag a bundle of their energy and focus chocolates or their sleep chocolates. I don't swear by a lot of things these days, but I definitely swear by Alice Mushrooms. So try them for yourself today by heading to alicemushrooms.com and using my code JUSTIN20 for 20% off at checkout. That's alicemushrooms.com and use the code JUSTIN20 for 20% off at checkout. Hey everyone, you're back for another episode. I'm joined by Reggie Watts. He's got a new book out and we're so happy that you're here on Men of the Hour, man. If you guys don't know who he is, he's the internationally renowned musician, comedian, writer, and actor uh, who formerly starred as the band leader on CBS's The Late Late Show with James Corden, where I first saw him. And he has a new book out now called Great Falls, Montana, Fast Times, Post-Punk Riddles, and A Table of Coming Home Again. Um, as much as we can dive into the book, it's out on October 17th, but right now we're really excited to learn more about you, um, a lot of which I didn't even know some of these accolades that we were sent over by your amazing team um, and the things that you've been up to recently since at least I saw you in person uh, on the Late Late Show, which was probably four years ago uh, when I first recognized you. But thank you for joining us on the podcast, man. Oh, my absolute pleasure. We're okay. definitely on Zoom here. You got this book coming out. You got to tell us what went into it and where the idea came from. Yeah, I mean, basically, my my management had been bugging me about doing some kind of a book, you know, over the years, and uh, whether it was going to be something, you know, narrative fiction or you know, or or otherwise, and um, and uh, then the idea of an autobiography came up, and uh, that sounded a little bit easier to do, like. Um, mm. 
uh, a little bit more achievable just because it's you know my life and me telling my story of of, of my life and so um yeah that they they then hooked me up with a bunch of um you know people that could help with that and uh, yeah found a great publisher and yeah it was it just kind of flowed and um seemed like the right time and it was great too because i got to you know um do it while my mom was around i got to write it while my mom was around which was really awesome to be able to share with her stuff and you know that was great so yeah so it came about like maybe two and a half years ago and then you i mean that's also kind of like it takes a long time to do these things right life happens and that's uh it's essentially like probably what right after the pandemic too did you wait until afterwards to get started you're writing during wow during and uh the writer i remember we first uh, i worked with a ghostwriter and the first um first time that we met or the first like probably quarter time that we met Mm -hmm. it was I am on my deck in the back, like really far away from each other. And uh, it was, it was just kind of like, it was just funny how it like, it started there. And then like when it started leveling out like a little bit, you know, there was more education about it and, you know, things like that. Then I got him this clear mask. It's like a, you could still see like a person's face, but it's like this face shield that goes over. And so he would wear that and he would sit across from me in my living room mm. and then, you know, it's just like this like slow and then eventually then the mask came out you know like we got vaccinations and blah 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 and then the mask came off whatever it was kind of interesting evolution yeah i was gonna say it's an evolution probably made it more worthwhile uh to write the book um and so as it's especially as it's an autobiography was there a lot that you feel like you had to reflect on in order to get this thing accomplished or did it come natural and you know how much work went into you making sure that you put a lot of your actual auto right like your bio into this or did it feel like it was almost natural uh it 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 was it was pretty easy you know it was kind of like a psych session you know like you know just kind of like sat on the couch and uh you know he was great at guiding like okay well you know tell me about the you know describe the street you know that you're that you remember hanging out Mm. with that type of thing and just kind of go go, you know step by step through my life and then then you know later on we would go back and fill in more detail about things you know in order to kind of you know fill out the specific target of time that we were focusing on so Mm. pretty it was pretty chill i mean you know there's definitely some things that were hard harder to like pull out of you know like why did i do that with my dad or like why was i like that with my dad you know things i hadn't really thought thought about but it was really kind of it was was very helpful very useful for me and it's still i'm still ruminating on it you know Mm. i want to talk about this idea of the toolbox of a beard that you brought up um, and, and you were quoted for saying becoming strange was more than just a social hack. It was my outlet. And I think it's important to hit on, especially as you talk about the release of the book, simply because a lot of us in society feel like we're kind of morphing to like the norm and the things that are quite traditional and boring, right? What makes you so interesting and especially powerful as a brand with all the things that you have in your career going on is that at the end of the day, you found your own version of what that looks like, whether it's to be weird or fun or exciting or creative, but what drove that? Was that a thing as a child? Was that a thing, you know, when you were getting into your career or is it something that you were like, well, you know what, after writing this autobiography, I'm pretty that's there's nothing wrong with that yeah i mean i mean i have no idea it's just like it's just i feel like i've always been this guy (laughs) like as as far back as i can remember um i yeah it's always been like this uh 
you know, I've just been fascinated with seeing the world and as many possible perspectives as possible, like ever since I was a kid. So it's, it, so it feels, I mean, maybe if I went back then, I, you know, I would be a, a, an immature version of it, but it definitely, I, centrally, I feel like I've been me all my life in a way. Yeah. Well, I would imagine that as it relates to your career, it's very helpful, but in what ways have you seen kind of you being authentically you helping, right? And the reason I ask is all of us who are listening are like, well, we know Reggie, right? We see Reggie and we definitely laugh with him. We've enjoyed watching your career and your, you know, you, especially when it comes to your musical talents, but then, I mean, not many people are like as authentic as they would be, right? Especially in, in the Hollywood realm of things. And so where has it played such a powerful, almost like grounding part of, of your career? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's the the good thing about me, you know, doing whatever it is that I'm doing and being me, um, you know, I it's always been like, you got to kind of accept me as who I am uh, yeah. and that. And I became like, that's what people hire me for. Or that's what people ask me to be a part of projects for, because they're like, this guy is that is this guy. And uh, not, I'm not a, not a working actor. I don't I can, you know, act a bit, but like generally people get me from me. And so it's always kind of been that way, thankfully. And, and, and a lot of it, it just has to do with, I can't do it any other way. Like I can't really fake it um, mm. too much. I need to do things my way. Um, and I'm very collaborative, but uh, but I just have to be collaborative as as myself and have people trust my tastes, you know, in, in whatever capacity I'm functioning as. Did having or was having been a biracial in Montana, and I want to point this out because I'm also, also biracial, it's been a lot of time in Tennessee, um, have anything to do with it where you already had to like almost accept yourself for being and looking uh, and inherently just being different uh and then you took that kind of the rest of your life yeah well yeah for sure i mean you know it's that hybrid life uh it, it, it uh you know it's like you well i mean you know it, when you're living in like mostly white community like in montana you know it was like 98 percent right white yeah uh, you know that's like a very interesting way of growing up you know and like yeah very black father you know but kind of progressively minded you know father but like you know you you just have to adapt and you you start seeing people as people you know which is the big thing because that's how I wanted people to treat me and yeah sometimes people would treat me differently mm. but it wasn't too long that was the thing is like I was really good at like oh here's this weird looking guy and then I'm just like oh that's interesting oh the shades that you have here oh, the colors that you picked here look at these chairs here have you always been interested and they're just like oh I just really like this guy so you know like you develop <laughs> very very quickly to just like bypass the different thing and go like yeah 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 whatever but let's just let's just connect as human beings and um, I learned that I think probably the most uh growing up without having that sense of like placating you know because of my race or whatever because i never really considered myself black or white you know i consider myself both and um and so uh so i feel like well i'm equally like i can hang i can hang with the whites and uh and, and i and i can hang with the blacks even though i didn't get to spend as much time in the black community but i did get to spend time in cleveland ohio with my with my so i have a bit of, but i think i celebrate my african americanness through my music I think that I'm more musically African American, but kind of a little bit more functionally Caucasian in a in a way. Uh, but like, 
It's definitely a hybrid, and I don't see one as more than the other. Consider it the best of both uh, worlds, folks, right? I mean, that's like, oftentimes people get asked when they're biracial and how they grow up. I mean, you brought up your mom a bit ago, and you know we'll go into that in a bit. But like, something about that. It's, it's almost like a tool, right? It's a tool to like navigating how you want to be seen and how you want people to treat you. And then on the other end of that, you almost come out as, you know, even more empathetic and understanding of other folks. Um, more on the book really quickly though. So when you're trying to think about what you want people to get out of it in terms of, I mean, autobiographies are not right they're not like a, any other type of book and so when people are reading this and trying to navigate your life while well, you've already navigated it i'm sure there's lessons in there so what do you feel like were some of those that you've put into the book where you're like you know what if people read this i really want you to learn this about me and then hopefully take it into your own life yeah i mean i don't know i guess i guess the main thing is like i just want people to be to feel comfortable you know being who they are and trusting their instincts you know that's kind mm -hmm. of the main that's definitely the major thing that I want uh, people to take away from. It's just uh, don't be afraid of 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 who you are and listening to your instincts. And sometimes, I mean, sometimes you get lucky. In my case, where I had you know parents that really supported me being whatever I wanted to be, and they didn't try to like make me into something else aside from like you know like teaching etiquette and manners and things like that. But like they didn't really force me. They saw that I was like already doing stuff the way I wanted to and they just kind of yeah, let me yeah. and they supported my my imagination. It'd be different if you had different kinds of parents, of course. But um but I think if someone has that inkling and they're, you know, they're still growing up, you know, and they're thinking about things or, or they're thinking on their past and how, and who they are now as a young adult. Um, uh, I hope that the book can kind of shed light on like the importance of really listening to yourself. Does any part in writing an autobiography then make you feel like you're either looking forward to, I mean, listen, it's not like a memoir in most cases, right? But this is an actual autobiography about you. So after you wrote it and now it's about to come out, what are you now looking excited to go do with the rest of your life? If that's such a loaded question, I don't know what it is, but like you do this and you're like, hey, this is like my, this is my shit, this is my book. And it's out for the world to see now. And then what do you then get excited for? Is it another, it can be another autobiography, obviously, but like, I guess with the rest of your career and your personal life, what do you look forward to with that? Uh, gosh, great questions. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, I mean, right now I'm just kind of trying to find my groove, you know, like what's mm -hmm. my next project that I'm doing. I'm kind of going around making, with different producers and things like that at the moment i'm just kind of like experimenting like just like putting feelers out for things um i have a couple show tv show ideas that i'm pitching you know um i have um you know a podcast eventually some year maybe six years from now i'll have a podcast but uh, uh I, yeah 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 so we'll see but i think i think more than anything i i think i'm just right now it's mostly about getting out and trying to go to more play more festivals um you know get involved in electronic music scene a little bit more heavily and mm. uh, kind of seeing where things take me um but i definitely want to make videos i want to make short films and and things of that nature that's like kind of like the next realm that i'd like to get into I'd like to to direct um and to create um more video pieces that's probably the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I think naturally, right? Anybody who's creative, especially in your line of work, the next project can be like a ten to millions of things. You said the word hybrid earlier, which I think is so fascinating because you related it to your race. And mm -hmm. now all these things, I mean, listen, finding your group, experimenting, trying new things, getting into more of the video scene, getting to more festivals for electronic music. And that's also very hybrid. Do you think there's a correlation there? Or like, if at all, I don't I mean, not, not race to career, right? Like, obviously not, but how you yeah. about wanting to like do the next thing, does that have anything to do with like the way you were brought up and like what you looked like growing up? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's because I you know growing up I was interested in so many things I was interested in mm. like everything you know like well most things but but like you know I so I was if I was in school I wanted to be a part of you know um, an after school program or if there was a kid doing a weird thing I wanted to learn what that was about or if I you know uh, we had a guest in class or whatever that, that you know that did something interesting I was always asking a lot of questions about like you know why how they why are they doing what they do and how they do what they do um you know there were things I didn't like everything but like you know it's like I was just very I was hyper curious and 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 as I got older like you know I got into instruments and mm -hmm. uh, school orchestra and um you know uh, speech and debate class and uh, student government and I was just always involved in as many things as possible because i i just had i guess a little bit of like fomo i guess to a certain degree like i feel like i'm trying to collect as much data and information about humanity as possible is like like is the is the idea because i you know it's just like a, a, a i don't know i'm like it's a compulsion or something like that you know it's even to this day like someone's like oh, i'm playing a show at here and then but i'm also playing a show on the other side of town i'm like i'm gonna make it you know and i'll like get over to the show i'll blast over to another show i'll blast over another show and like i'm always like trying to do everything simultaneously so i think like that hybrid thing is um you know why people like i love the i, I love the fact that people are like oh i saw you here or i heard this track you did here or i saw you guest here or i saw you do a live show here or i saw you do a performance art thing here i love that i'm kind of everywhere you know yeah, and, yeah. I knew you were going to say that. I just typed this. I was like, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. You want. It's so, it's interesting because it's familiar. And I think a lot of people who are listening, like, don't take the chances to experiment and try new things. A lot of times, maybe it's like out of shyness or reservation, sure, right? Or, you know, not being open to it. But then the other side of it is exactly what you said, which is sometimes it's inherently part of you or your personality in which you're like, you know what? You you followed that right. Even when you said you were going through grade school and you know high school, even with student government and stuff, and the valuable lesson in that has to be that you know you have an intuition as a human being to stay curious and creative and constantly be everywhere all at once. Now, I'm, my main question for you on that: Does that at all negatively impact like your mental health? Uh yeah, I mean, that's a great, that's a really good question. I think it does, actually, um, because sometimes it's like, because it's kind of a compulsion, um, sometimes I do get, I get like option paralysis, or I'll feel really, really bad um, for, you know, making a decision not to do something and um, in, in lieu of something else, and I'll, I'll just feel uh, so I can like put a lot of pressure on myself for not following through on things or not, you know, um, you know, doing what I wanted to do or, or failing at accomplishing the, all the things that I thought I was going to be able to do. So, I mean, 
but you know that's like a, something to constantly work on uh, about forgiving myself and kind of uh listen again listening to myself instead of like listening or holding too hard to an ideal you know or a, a, a concept you know even though it was created by myself like I should be able to allow myself um the latitude to have that change and that's okay because that's what I needed in that moment and so that's like something I've definitely been working on the last you know four four years as my life has gotten a lot more intense and you was on your own by yourself my my dad and probably your family and your parents even have probably said this it's like usually it's self-induced if it's stressful if it's disappointing if it's anything you know under the negative umbrella we're on the positive side of that though i think it's really interesting that you're able to admit that i mean a lot of us are still trying to find the courage in our bones to say like you're good. You can find grace with this. Like you don't have to be super busy all the time. So for Reggie though, do you ever take a day or what does the days look like where you're like more relaxed and really trying to navigate what rest might look like or not doing everything all at once? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I have to practice like the idea of a vacation is so fascinating to me <laughs> because, uh, you know, I don't really, I don't really, yeah, I don't. I, I, it's it's a vacation is really weird. I always have to like have a show or something, like uh, you know, if there's it's if I well also it's also an economical thing, right? It's like if I have a show, then that helps offset the cost of vacation. And because I don't have to rehearse for the show, I just show up and do a show. Um, it you know it's it's fine. But but uh, yeah, I mean I'm working on it. I'm like I I I want to definitely take more time off. But there's also something about you know, coming off of the late, late show, um, you know, wanting to make sure that I don't take my eye off the ball too much. Like I want to make, make sure that I'm creating momentum for the next thing that I want to get to. And then I feel like mm -hmm. I can be a little bit more, you know, you know, I can cruise a little bit more, but, um, but in the meantime, like, yeah, I mean, I've been trying to do, you know, stuff that makes me happy and uh, taking trips and visiting friends and um, not feeling guilty about it, you know, about like, oh, I'm, I'm missing this or whatever. And thankfully, my, my team, um, you know, they're, they're encouraging of that. And, and, and that's really cool. So uh, yeah, it's, it's just like a matter of like going like, oh, I don't have this job that keeps me here in LA all the time. And so how, how do I organize my time now, um, now that it's all mine? And, uh, mm -hmm. and so Part of me is like getting used to the fact like oh no you can just do something for fun you can just decide to go somewhere and do that and so I'm, i've been exercising that it's, mm -hmm. it's weird but it's cool i mean it's really cool. thanks for opening up you know i think a lot of times people are very apprehensive about interviews and podcasts like this like would you tell us the positive and the negative you just shared right um you bring up this thing earlier about like analysis paralysis per se uh, and I think it's really interesting for any of us who are struggling with ADHD or may have any form of like, you know, crazy, creative, obnoxiously fast brain. Uh, and so just for a moment here, do you feel like when you have a lot of things going on all at once, even though you signed up for most of it, right, as the person in charge, um, have there been ways that kind of like serve as a remedy to make sure you're not falling into like analysis paralysis all the time? uh yeah i'll do this like i'll do this thing called like first instinct it's like a like a game or like for first first thought so if i find myself 
like even it's even when I'm like scrolling, you know, it's like a it's a useful tool, like when I'm just like scrolling through my news feed or whatever and going like, is the world getting any better? Like, um, you know, uh, go like one more one more article or something like that or one more summary. And then that's it. You know, one, you know, and then I just do the summary and then I just put the phone away um, or. I'm like, I really want to get a coffee. And instead of going like, well, but I could also do this, but I could also work on this, but I could also do this, but maybe I should stay home because, and then I'll just be like, nope, just go get the coffee. You know, just like, go. or my friends yesterday were like, my friend was having a birthday party at a, a I don't know, like what mini golf place. And I was feeling kind of like, like going and Then my friend Danny texted and was, just, it was like one person texted, then Danny texted and was like, you come to this thing? And I was like, yes. And then I just immediately got up and got out of the house and got into the car and went. And so I, I tried doing this, like, like, if you're going, if you want to do something, like go off the first instinct, because there's no, there's really no bad, there are no bad decisions. And um, there is no timeline. Like, I think we're just kind of used to, you know, or at least I'm used to that feeling of like, oh, if I don't get this done, then this won't get done. And then someone will be disappointed, you know, <laughs> me, or some other people, you know, or they won't like me or, you know, whatever it is like that that's wired deep back there and just go, you know, I got to respect myself and I got to respect my first instincts. And so I, I, I do try to do that. Or like, like even this morning, I was like, oh, I could just be in bed. I know I have this zoom um, uh, interview but like, you know, so maybe I don't have time to exercise. And I was just like, no, fuck that. I just got up, put on the socks, got on the treadmill and like, you know, just hung out for 45 minutes and watched Star Trek. And so like, you know, like, and then it makes me, and then it gives me good energy. Cause I'm like, oh, I just did this. And I did this for myself. So the more I practice that, the more I get rewarded for it. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And then too, I mean, a lot of times when people are busy, they're like super strict in their regiments on like, Hey, you got 30 minutes to work out every morning and then you got to do this, that, and the third. What was your, do you have a routine in place? Or as I would assume as a creative entertainer, you probably don't have like super strict money to fight. It looks this way, right? Yeah, no, no, I'm the worst. I have no, I'm, I'm like very lawless. I don't I have no, the only thing that really determines my, that gives me structure is my, is stuff like this. Like I have an interview or I have a pitch meeting or I have a show at night. And that's kind of it. And then the rest of it is, and then it's filled with like social things or like I'm going out on a date or I'm um, meeting some friends at a thing or, you know, that type, or some friends are playing their bands playing down the street or whatever. So I have those, but those are just like, but I don't have like a personal, like I have to get up and then I have yeah. to, you know, like, and then I have my coffee and I gotta, gotta have my coffee. You know, like I'm so random. It, it doesn't matter. I go to bed at random times. I get up at random times. I just do whatever because it works for you too i have another question about that you can and should and anybody who's working you know in the creative business i would assume this probably pertains to you if you're in corporate nine to five job maybe it could be a reason you get out of it i don't know i don't favor either side i'm just kind of being neutral here but as you kind of have this you said it lawless lifestyle which is actually crazy cool a lot of people can't say that have you found that having this you know type of lifestyle where you're just kind of hey, doing your own thing and it's working for you and obviously the money's there and career is getting better and da -da -da. you also bring up dating and that you just get up and go to a friend's birthday party like a mini golf club you know is your is your social life if you could ever compare it to maybe how things were back in the past in your social life now pretty in line uh in a healthy way with your career because a lot of times it's the opposite and we hear from people with your accolades, the new book, and the things that you have going on project-wise will make every excuse not to have a social life or even a dating life. 
Yeah, I, I, I heavily prioritize my social life. Um, that's my priority. My pri priority is, is fun. Um, I pretty much am constantly chasing fun. I, I don't, I don't like doing anything unless it's fun. I don't like, you know, and we can't always control that, but you know, for the most part, it's like, I'm not doing someone's, I'm not, I'm not going to do like a TV show or some show or something like that. If it's going to be grueling and it's not really the thing that I like to do, like I, I, you know, I've done that and, uh, and, and, and I'm never happy and I get grumpy and I don't like that version of myself because that's not really who I am. And so I'm always in search of fun. So I prioritize the free time that I have to play video games to like, you know, be random and go meet somebody somewhere or go to like a restaurant or, you know, or do something strange or, you know, and I work really hard socially. I'm a, I'm a hard social worker, if that makes any sense. Like I'm always supporting my friend's I band. I your resume. Social. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely a social worker. Yeah. I, I, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm in there. I, I put in the work, you know, like I, I, like I, even last night, like there was like a couple nights ago where I went and saw a friend's band. Uh, I went to um, another event after that. And then, um, uh, and then, and then I, then I heard that my friends had a part, had an event at their DIY space. And so I stopped by, like, it was like late at night and it was just the guys who lived there who were just hanging out at their bar, their makeshift bar in the back. And I like went back there and I hadn't really hung with them like hardcore before. I just see them and they're really cool. We're cool with each other and all stuff. We have mutual friends. Mm -hmm. And then I just sat there and we just like chatted for like three hours and talked about like, you know, the business and like how important it is for places like them and serving, serving as cultural hubs for the underground and how underground mm -hmm. culture is really important for the health of a city and uh, all this stuff and AI, whatever. And we just like, I just put in like three hours and I got to bed at like six in the morning or something like that. And, um, and I, and I just like, I just, I love working hard. I love like giving people time and I love like being there for people. So that's, I, I'm get a little bit of addicted to that. Mm. This hits home. I mean, listen, if you're an extrovert, you're listening. I it hits home with me. You know, I I'm I I love that you say hard social worker because some people see it as a distraction. And I'm like, guys, do you not realize folks like Reggie probably built their career on their relationships, right? And so it's just really nice to hear someone else who gives that personal investment of of the real time, you know. And some people would argue, and I'm sure you felt this a lot, is that time is finite. Uh, people think it's infinite. It is finite. And so interestingly enough, I think they're both, they use the same alphabet letters. I don't even know, whatever, uh, infinite. And so, because a lot of times with people who are busy per se, right. It sounds like you make yourself very, uh, balanced with that, you know, cause you could be very busy, you know, and I'll put all of his bio and everything that you can link and find more about Reggie below for sure folks. But that's that's the nature of the game you know what i mean you bring up the fact earlier um about your you, you being able to share something so special to you with your mother and i think it's important to hit on that a lot of times folks aren't able to do such things um especially about an autobiography where did that hit for you and now that the book's coming out i mean literally now um you know what what kind of wish do you have in that experience um and uh, oh, in in so far as uh, uh, I'll say that again. Sorry. No, just in general, like being able to share with your family, let alone your mother. A lot of times, people don't treat it so personally when it comes to their autobiographies, or maybe I'm mistaking, right? But you mentioned that, and I just wanted to bring it back up. 
Yeah, no, I mean, uh, well, you know, she she passed last November and uh, but she did get to, you know, I had my she there was a woman that was helping her in the house, um, you know, and I would come by every month to go visit her. And uh, she so I had her read her portions of the book, um, which was really cool. And then, you know, when I would visit, I would like tell her more stuff about the book. And, and then I was also, you know, interviewed her for stuff, you know, to try to remember, like, you know, where you know, when was the first time I did this or how old was I when I did this and so forth. And so, um, you know, having that, uh, go, having a project like that to kind of interface with my mom and my, my history, um, was like super amazing. And while it was happening, I knew that she probably wouldn't be around like for a long, much longer. And she even her said she was like, she's like very Fred Sanford, you know, from Sanford and Son. She was just like, oh, here's a big one. You know, it's, you know she, was, she was always like, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to probably be out in November. You know, she'd always be saying that and I'd be like, no, that, no, you know, that's not true. And then, then, then she did. And I was just like, damn, she's like, she's really good. She's really good at life. But um, anyways, but like having to share that in those moments with her and then have the book come out is, awesome and for my dad too and so my dad was an important part of my life too and um so to be able to share that with people um and hopefully it resonates you know i you know i don't know it's like you never know you you release a book and you try to get as personal as you can and you try to be as um forthcoming as you can and transparent as you can Mm. um you don't know when you release it you don't know how it'll be received but um you know i thought i did the best that i could to be as as trans emotionally transparent as possible mm-hmm. no and thanks for sharing that man and and i think too a lot of times whether you've lost somebody or whether how important the book might be to the author right like a lot of times it is normally pretty serious for the most part and we don't see you as that and so i really value you coming on a podcast like this to share a different side of you even though even as you kind of broke down some some laughter with your mother and you know being good at life and stuff that is your that's that's the nature that you give off was it difficult in that case to be more like serious when when doing that or even talking about it as you are now do you find it difficult because a lot of who you are as a human is just fun and you know funny exciting always on the go always be doing things does it become a little uncomfortable sometimes uh not 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 in general not in general it's it's not that uncomfortable for me because I mean, the totality of the experience of life, like whether it's tragedy or things that celebrate that can be celebrated and so forth, it's all a part of life. And like, and that's, that's exciting. It's exciting to be alive and alive. And it's exciting to be able to experience any aspect of life, even tragedy. And so I do have a little bit of a, you know, maybe it's like an over positivity or something like that, but it's like, I don't even know if it's positivity. It's just like, I have like this, there's an there's an yeah it's like I don't know what it is it's like it's just like it's an appreciation for all of it so like when I am speaking of it it's not like oh man that really fucked me up I got you know like uh it's it's more it's it's more like yeah that was really hard and I I might be emotional like with you know I definitely get emotional like I cry like anybody else but like it's even when I'm crying I'm like I'm appreciating the fact that I even get to be emotional you know um and, and so that's kind of my that's kind of like my take on 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 all of it so i don't really have a problem opening up i I pretty much will talk about almost anything and uh i don't yeah i don't have an issue with it 
Right. Besides the three sports, religion, and politics. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. I do talk about those things, but like, it's, but that's like, that's, that's the hack, hack the bullshit. <laughs> Well, listen, you can move that to the comedy stages too. As we have a couple more minutes here, have you been asked on stage ever as as any form of, of your brand and as a professional uh, to give advice to folks? And if so, when was the last time? I'm just curious. Um, yeah, I've been asked. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, people ask a lot. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I was at a party uh, the other night and I was with like, uh, my friend Tara and Danny and they're just like two super like just ridiculously hyper intelligent beautiful humans and and they were like we were like sitting on a couch and they were on I, one was on a chair and one was sitting next to me and it was like this kind of goofy weird like trippy art space and it was like so strange we were sitting there and just like a parade of people would just could keep coming up to us and like like a guy would be like, I'm working on an AI project, the blah, 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 blah. Like, what do you think of, you know, where I'm like, well, you should blah, 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 blah. And that person would go away. Next person would come in. I'm, I'm doing this thing as a struggling artist. Like, I'm wondering if you could like, you know, and it was so amazing. And, uh, uh, you know, and so people do ask a lot. And I, I try to just answer honestly. And, you know, and just, it's usually pretty simple answers. You know, people want specifics, but there are no specifics. It's, Really, the only thing I have to offer is like you have to develop a core um, self-perception that, you know, that 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 wants to do what you're doing uh, under any cost. Like it's like you can't be thinking about it in a business way. You can't be. I mean, you can, but that's like a secondary. You know, it's like the first thing is like you want to have fun. You want to have a good time. You want to be part of the community. You want to like get out there. You want to experience stuff like it's not about making the money or being famous or any of that shit. It's like that having the fun is the primary thing. That's what guides you to where you need to go. And that's usually the, generally that's the advice that I give almost every human. Sounds like a pretty easy job. The reason I asked too, which is in a good way, it sounds like a great job to answer in that way, because as someone who does a lot of different things, that can get overwhelming anyway, right? If you get into the granular stuff about the AI, the comedy, yeah. writing, da, da, da. Um, I wrote this down a second ago too, as you were talking about constantly having fun. You just made a whole full circle. So if you're listening and you aren't taking notes, I'm doing it for us. It like literally you mentioned earlier that after we talked about you being everywhere all at once and how that's a great thing it also kind of translated to you talking about hey chasing fun always doing something fun and then how you're a social right a hard social worker and in that i wrote knowing yourself enough to know what you want to do it's not exactly what you said but then boom you bring it back and that's exactly what you just said it is that the word fun alone has been kind of that catalyst as to how you have created such a fruitful life right or existence for us all the enjoy and it's clear because you're super transparent then going back to one of my first questions as to like how you are able to say authentically yourself that's the answer a hundred percent that's totally it that's it i mean that's like uh you know it's it's like you know it's like the, the thing that sucks about wisdom or like wise sayings and so forth is that they're so obvious that people just kind of go like eh. you know they, they don't really think about it because it's too simple it's like it's so simple you're like can't be that simple and you're like, and so people just kind of, you know, fortune cookie, it's like, you are as large as the smallest grain of sand, you know, and, and people are like, whatever, or, you know, or like, like, yeah, that, that sounds like wisdom, you know, and, and, but the fact of the matter is like, it is that simple. Like, that's the problem. The problem is that it's so simple that it's easy for us to go like, well, we live in a complicated world, so it couldn't be that. 
And it's like, yeah, it is, it is that, it is that simple because that's where it's the, the emanation point is like where you're coming from is a very, very simple thing. And, and it gets complicated the more it branches out, but like the center of it is very, very simple, which is just have a, just have a fucking good time, man. You know, like, like, and have a good time, but also like be kind to other people, you know, like, like just live in a world that you want to live in and, 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 and help facilitate that for other people and, and, you know, stand up for other people that, that are getting picked on and things like that, because you probably had that experience yourself, you know, like those types of things, like, I don't know. At the very least, even if you're not doing that, just like have a good time and be like a, you know, feel good within yourself, and and everything else kind of sorts itself out. I know that was my last question. That was a great way to end the podcast, Reggie Watts. I'm so, I I mean, personally, I'm just gonna like ask Chaz for your time later too. You're amazing. You know, there's something we said about the last note that you left us on, right? Keep it fun. And thank you for sharing everything that you did as well. I think opening up on any, that's my was like, Hey, how many podcasts you've done? I don't know. All right. I was very genuinely, uh, genuinely curious. And here we are at the end, just all these full circle moments and and in the show notes, folks, I'll make sure that number one is this book, uh, which is very exciting. It falls Montana colon, everything else, right? Last times, post-punk weirdos in the table of coming home again, uh, which came out on October 17th. So very excited for you. Uh, and then all these other projects that you mentioned, right? Including um, some of these things you're going to do in electronic music, which will be really great. Continuing this hybrid, experiential, experimental life of yours, living the best of both worlds. It was just so cool to get to know you. Um, and again, congratulations on the book, and we're excited to see what you do next, Reggie, so thanks. My pleasure, Mr. Crawford. <laughs>